You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. There's a, you know, a gentleman who calls me from Boston and says, Hey, animal. It's Joe from Boston. So I'm at Morton's Steakhouse and I got my filet, you know, I, I, I got my broccoli and they brought me a potato. You know, can I eat the potato? And I say, do you have your list? So they write down their list or it's in their phone. Read the list. So they read it. Yeah, no bread, no butter, no salt, no sugar, no cheese. And I say, do you see potato on that list? And they say, <laughs> no, it doesn't say it. I say, then eat the fucking potato. Okay? <laughs> Don't put any salt on it, though. Okay. <laughs> or butter or anything that makes it taste good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to part two of 2020 with our guest from earlier this week, Dan Hartwell, who I realize I'm introducing first Dan before myself. Dan <laughs> so stay tuned to hear where that maybe comes from, along with some singing from both Ben and Dan in various points throughout. I don't even know which episode. Don't but anyway, judge me, bro. Not judging. That aside... I'm Siobhan Cronin, here with my cohorts, Benny Goodman, Dan and Ball, and Corey Peza. I'm not going to sing, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's just a reminder to everyone, don't forget to like and subscribe to 2020-d.com. If you like this episode, of course, go back, listen to part one, go and listen to all the other episodes that we've already released. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. We have such a diverse array of guests, musicians, promoters, industry people, TV personalities. This is not the only type of person you're going to hear, although very interesting. So definitely be sure to go like and subscribe if you like what you hear. This is a great episode if you want to understand uh, why Ben is who he is. It really and is. This is a great episode to remember that if you're a bass player you want it to be over, you just got to sing. What? <laughs> it's not over until the bass player sings. So I guess Corey's been 2020 by Benny. And with that, part two with Dan Hartwell. Dan and Bull! Welcome back to another episode of 2020. Uh, my name's Corey Pays. I'm here, as always, with the... Uh, the rest of the triumvirate, or the cohorts, as they prefer to be called. Uh, I like triumvirate. Yeah, Siobhan Cronin and Benny What's Goodman. That? I like that I'm uh, that she's the tenultimate um, <laughs> cohort. <laughs> tenultimate? <laughs> or is it penultimate? Is it penultimate or tenultimate? I don't know, but before... I don't think tenultimate is a word. Before I let ben, penultimate means second to last. Right, and before I let Ben take this off the rails less than a minute into the show... <laughs> I want to introduce our, our guest back with us for a second episode, uh, concert promoter, author, health and fitness mentor, and Ben's spirit animal, as I'm coming to find out, uh, Dan Hartwell. Animal! Animal! <laughs> well, welcome back, Dan. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Good times, great memories with uh, Benny when he was a child. As a matter of fact, you know, I remember Benny's mom telling me, Benny should really be a solo performer and play the piano, and he'll make it as a pop star. And I, I still think that he should do some of that because he's so incredible. But, but John Garabedian says I'm too old. Really? He knows better. You no, think no, I, well, we've had arguments about it. We've had, we have had arguments, but yes, I, I, I'm not too old, but we're, I, I'm doing it kind of. I'm having fun. You know, like we're in, a, we're in sort of a boy band, except we have a girl. <laughs> who's to say anyone's too old i mean y y there has to be one person to break the mold right yeah i mean like, someone might have said that you couldn't play rock music in uh spandex i will uh, there I we have my Paul's band too old but paul you can't you, you can't say that because paul doesn't want people to know how old he is so He's we'll leave that up. a mystery <laughs> so la just just kind of recapping last episode we really got like a a, a look back uh through your your career, Dan, and, um, uh, you know, all the concerts you put on, 
um, where you're at now down in Florida. So the one thing that I kind of picked up was that you've had a relatively unconventional career. Um, and I, I wonder if, uh, maybe you can take us through your mindset, you know, cause you have so many different projects and avenues that you've, you've taken and what has been the driving force throughout all those changes? Is it something just being always observant of, of opportunities that come up next? Or did you ever have like a thought of what you wanted to do, uh, when you started out? Um, interesting. You know, uh, in the first segment I did mention, I, I had gotten a, uh, a drum set under the Christmas tree, I think, when I was seven years old, mm-hmm. you know, and I had two older brothers that were always playing the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix and all the classic rock stuff. And so I think I was just born in this great era of music. I mean, I can actually say I lived through the 60s. I lived through the 70s. I lived through the 80s. I lived through the 90s. And I scratch my head and I go, Really? You know, am I am I a vampire? I don't know. And here I here I am living today. I feel the best I've ever felt in my life. And you know that driving force back then is still with me today. Um, I think some people are just doers, and you know some people want to lay back and let others do, which is okay. Um, so I think it kind of was, uh, you know, kind of that. Not the screw loose in me, but the different type of screw to like, I can't sit still and do nothing. I try really hard at times to do nothing, and it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, that's pretty common among creative people, I think, that we we all say that, you know, the three of us, we have a hard time relaxing or laying back. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to ask you to to sort of dovetail on that. You know, you obviously have had a lot of great ideas, and I think there are some people that do have grand ideas, but then have a really hard time approaching them or implementing them. Um, if you had to give advice to people listening on, you know, the first step of approaching a really big idea, you know, to create a really big project, what would be your advice or, you know, your process for that? Right. And it's probably not original, um, but, you know, one of the first things is you need to write it down what it is, because I come up with ideas every day and I don't write them down <laughs> and I forget them. I write songs you know, about something. And I go, that's a great song. And five minutes later, I said, what, what was I singing earlier? You know, that type of thing. Think of some what happens if you write it down, but then you forget the list? And we've done that too. Oh, you know, it's great with our iPhones that we can actually hum it and sing it. You know, how many different files I have from my iPhone. <laughs> and there's so much to do out there. And I think other people don't take the chance to take something start working on it. And when I do coach people on uh, business and creativity, I say, just start. Just at least start. Because, you know, some people never even start. As for writing a book, you know, there's 30 million people a year that say, I'm going to write a book. You know, there's 3 million people a year that start writing a book. You know, but there's, you know, uh, 300,000 that actually write a book or something like that. I've heard some mm-hmm. stats like that. But it, it's all about the execution of anything. And, you know, even with uh, the book itself, Beatles on the Beach, Loco Bazooka, there's always that apprehension, um, especially for me, even now, when I decided to do Beatles on the Beach, it was like, do I really want to start this? Once I start it, I know I... I want to do it, and I want to do it with quality. You know, I call myself a qualitarian, okay? I want to do it right. I want to do something really cool, you know, all the time. And I think that was probably inbred in me years ago, the cool factor. You know, to be the cool guy, you got to look good. you got to, you know, wear the cool things, buy the cool things. Um, and wasn't You had to look like Steel Panther do now. <laughs> but it wasn't brand names. I'm not saying that. It was more about originality. You know, being Danimal was uh, being original for me. Can you can you take us through a moment of like a night in 1986 when you were becoming Danimal and you were going to go on stage? Everything from like when you're doing your mascara to you're putting on your purple silk jacket to um, deciding if you're going to do cocaine or heroin that night. Can can we have a night? of, of Danimal so we can show people what not to do in 1986? Sure. I can tell you that, first of all, 
with the whole drug scene back then, I used to uh, run to my rehearsal studio at times, and I'd run about two or three miles, get there, and if someone was drinking a beer or smoking a cigarette or a joint, I would look at him and say, "Come you, you asshole, what's wrong with you? You know, we don't party before we rehearse. We party after, you know? <laughs> we don't want to inhibit ourselves up from our creativity and sharing that with us. And I used to yell at people like that, you know? They used to call me names for, you know, what are you? Some kind of a, a you know, whatever, funny names. And so, you know, I think that carried on even with uh, doing shows. I did some, you know, partying before I got on stage a few times, but I learned my lesson that I can party as hard as I want after a show, but not before a show, because I saw too many drunks and too many people on drugs on stage, slurring their words or being that guy like this. <laughs> and I think when I played at EM Lowe's that gig, I mean, I totally remember my guitarist playing and turning around going, slow down, slow down. I was playing drums. And we were partying hard with, you know, Billy and his friends before we went on. Cocaine and, and BPMs definitely have a direct correlation. Yeah, not a good mix. <laughs> but, to be, but to be in a band back then in the 80s, you know, in New England, and I, I was never a bona fide rock star, but, you know, some people said, you're, you're a regional rock star, Danimal. That's what you were. In, in New England, I could go play Bun Ratties or The Rat or The Channel or all over Worcester, or go up to New Hampshire, or Maine and Rhode Island. And so I was kind of, and also New York. I had some great experiences in New York at the Ritz and a few other places. But, uh, you know, being that regional rock star, um, it was cool. I'm happy that I didn't become a bona fide national rock star, because to this day, we all know players that are in tour buses, you know, when the world is normal, they're on tour buses sleeping on a little bench with 12 guys. Yeah, in Siobhan, she does that. She does that for <laughs> yeah. real. That's her actual job. I don't know if you know this, Dan, but Siobhan is in a band that does real things called Star Set. They have 2 billion streams. And actually, the first time I uh, ever met her husband, Brock, who's a guitar player in that band with Corey, we went to the Palladium in Worcester, and we were uh, amazed that all of these people showed up for their pre-show party to listen to them play three acoustic songs. And Corey and I were in disbelief that people cared this much about that band, and now we are not in I disbelief. Be I believed it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it's okay. I, we, we, were, we were drunk and we were heckling her. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's interesting that you point that out because they're, you know, just thinking through a lot of the things you've said, I imagine there would probably be a lot more festivals and a lot more concerts if musicians, for example, understood how to start events or to run events. And my band for example, as Benny just noted, has pretty good business savvy. They've figured out a rhythm of how to be sustainable, how Did to Alan make enough money. Did I get my taxes done, by the way? Did he finish that? Because I got to submit that stuff. <laughs> what? Well, he's Con really good with that stuff. Continue, Siobhan, Sorry. please. No, so I, I, I don't remember where I was going now because I got derailed, but it's totally fine. You're being figured out how to be sustainable. Yeah, I, I just, you know, it's I, I have to attribute a lot of that to having good business savvy and understanding how to structure something and how to create events and how to create a structure for a band or for, an, you know, anything. What would be step one for you beyond writing it down? Do you do you think of a venue? Like, how do you think about how to finance things? I, I'm just curious about all these different elements that go into play for like a large event like that. Without a doubt, um, you know, you have to think of the finances up front and uh, you need to start going to the venues. Um, I'm not a shy guy. And, you know, walking into these clubs and these restaurants, and a lot of them I didn't know really here in Delray Beach. And Delray Beach is beautiful. We have Atlantic Ave, which has like 100 restaurants, and clubs, mm -hmm. bars on it. It's, it's really like the new Nashville is being called. And there's music being played up and down the street 365 days a year. Delray okay. is great. I mean, South Florida is great for live right. music. Corey's totally. a fan. And so, so, you know, there I was knocking on these doors. Hey, would you like to be involved? I'm not asking for you for any money. You know, could you give every, everybody a, a free beer or something? 
you know, one guy I'm sitting down with, he owns a place called the Silver Ball, which is all classic arcade games and uh, uh, pinball games. And I look at him and I say, hey, listen, you know, uh, I- I'd like you to be involved. He said, I'm involved. I'm in. I said, what do you want to give everybody if they walk in with a, a Beatles on the Beach ticket? He said, I want to give them a whole pizza. And I look at him and say, sir, his name is Rob. I said, Rob, you're nice and everything, but that's kind of expensive to give everybody a whole pizza. And he looks at me and he says, you know what, Dan? <laughs> he says, it cost me about $110 to get an acquisition of a real customer. Okay, I'm going to give them a pizza and it cost me less than $2. They're going to come back. I have the best pizza. I gave them a free pizza. You know, and it's the people like that that get it. The more you give, the more you get back. So when I get out there and being the qualitarian that I am, and I say to them, I'm going to give you so much promotion. And I have a map of uh, where people are going to go with their Beatles ticket. So it's networking right away and it's building those relationships that I've learned through my business learnings through so many different books and people out there, uh, you know, from Tony Robbins to Zig Ziglar, uh, these masters of business. But the one thing that they always touch on more than anything that we all know is relationships, building relationships. And so that's the, that's the absolute next thing to do, Siobhan. So did I, hold on, Dan, I wrote this down. So is pizza karma... <laughs> Is like a metaphor for true qualitarianism, which is a word that you used. Well, qualitarian. So I mean, I I, I then made it qualitarianism. Um, but I mean, I understand pizza karma. If there's anything that I can understand, because I didn't get math until they put a dollar sign in front of it, and then I was like, oh, that makes sense. But as soon as you just put the pizza reference in, I feel like I get what you mean by qualitarianism because sometimes Haley, my 15-year-old, tries to like take more slices and she's really allotted and that's not fair. And I tell her that like we got to just make sure her mom doesn't come home so we could just split it. Cool. At least we're not confusing it with Pizzagate. Oh my God, no. So what is a qualitarian? Can you please explain that? Because that's quite the, that we like to say high pay grade words. That sounds like a high pay grade Qualitarian, which especially for ourselves, you know, for you, Benny, you know, you want quality things. Are you going to go out to the dollar store and buy, you know, the worst toothpaste ever? Are you going to, you know, go everywhere and just try? And this is why I have Amazon Prime. I read 4,875 reviews. And if they're not all like, this is the best ever, I send it back. <laughs> right. And how many guitars do you have, Benny? Over 160. How much? Over 160. Right. And so you like quality things. And it shows. And I think I if people can catch on at an early age, I want quality things. You know, I think that it goes to show in any, um, you know, job you choose in your life that you want to do things with, uh, you know, quality, period. And just investing the time and in, in, in producing quality on your own end. I completely agree. You know, not shortcutting, you know, just being a quality producer of whatever it is that you do. I'm going to throw it to you, Corey, because your job is to do a lot of the mixing and to be the quality control, especially on this show. Yeah, it's um, a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So, like, do you, do you like, I mean, and, and you only drink expensive scotch. Oh, no, I do all, not. Okay, so then can you explain to me <laughs> that what, what's qualitarian to you, Corey? Because, like, it's sort of what you do. Um, yeah, I mean, anything that we're releasing that we put our name on, yeah, I take, I take pride in what we do and I think we all do. So I, sometimes, especially with the, uh, the band, I'm the last line of defense. Uh, it goes through, you know, my computer and my speakers and everything before it gets sent off to mastering and out to the population. So all the, all the rushing and, and, you know, craziness that goes on in the production side of our, our music gets funneled here <laughs> into this room. And then I stay up. <laughs> 
uh, for several days straight, making sure that I, I take care of all the things that we said would fix and post. But overall, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have uh, a range and things, you know, especially this past year, I've been living in this room. So yeah, the quality of my, my wardrobe has gone down. I've been wearing sweatpants for the last week and a half. I feel uh, like, hold on, first I'm about I'm this wearing, whole year. <laughs> I'm wearing sweatpants right now and I didn't actually, I always wore jeans like all the time and I can't tell you how much I appreciate not wearing a belt because I have a lot of belts. I think like a belt's like a second line of defense to being like a watch which is another man's handbag so it's kind of like one of those qualitarian things where you project quality to people with your Versace or your Burberry or what have yeah, you. Yeah so I think my, but, my quality is more in, in what I'm creating or producing no, but I don't there's give quality a, in not old material navy, yeah, definitely in old navy yeah. and being comfortable and letting it all hang out that's so much better whether it says lululemon or whether it says uh, you know the gap or whether it says walmart doesn't matter it's so much better than having to wear those stupid skinny jeans and trying to shove it all in you're all wearing pants <laughs> I mean, if you count leggings as pants, but I am wearing like little kitty cat slippers. I like so. to give I like to give that illusion, but no one will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> Siobhan, that seems slightly off brand. It's very off brand. I'm like business casual from the waist up, and then it's like slippers. No, I mean with the kitty cats. I'm surprised they're not like owls. Oh no, you know what? They're actually they're, they're rabbits. I, I misspoke. They're, Rabbit they're bunnies. Seems more like within the world and spectrum of Siobhan. Yeah. yeah. But I think I, I understand what you're saying as far as I think that having a, a bar set of quality uh, to maintain a, a standard is, is important. Um, but I think everyone probably defines that that category for themselves differently. I do, uh, you know, I do a lot of business coaching, health coaching, uh, like you guys know. And, you know, one of the first things I say to my clients is, you know, I'm not here to help you li live longer. I want to help you live better longer. Not longer. I want to help you live better for a longer time. And I, I feel that, you know, being having that qualitarian approach is be quality to yourself to wake up. You know, let's just mention Tom Brady one time, okay? Huh? Tom Brady? <laughs> like, you know, following him on YouTube, he, sh he opens up his refrigerator. He shows what's in it. He tells you what he has for breakfast. Now, I wake up, I have two giant glasses of really good purified water. I do too. I learn from these people, you know. He eats really good. He sleeps really good. He's a qualitarian. That's what he does, you know. And for all of us being a qualitarian. But wait a minute. Uh, Hold on. I, I drink purified water. I have an UGG, um, dry clean only, uh, like not duvet but like beautiful like fluffy thing that covers me and my fiance it's really nice all those sort of things i eat right i sleep right i exercise i try throwing a football and i knock the neighbor right <laughs> Wait, in the nose you eat right as in you forget to eat you sleep sporadically at different times Listen, every night is, i'm not sure this tell is totally this. accurate <laughs> i think you need some life coaching then I'm just saying, where's the correlation between the purified water and Tom Brady? That guy well, he's is getting like the to Lance that point. Armstrong. Purified water is obviously just step one. There are many elements to this. But so go on. So he takes you through the fridge. Drink water. Drink water. Right. But he goes on what he does. And I feel that, you know, that we all implement that in our lives. And there are people that just don't. You know, they don't care. And that's cool. That's, that's what they want to do. I want to feel good. I really want to feel good. And I feel that, you know, exercise and eating right and drinking water and sleeping right, all of that is a major factor in our life for business. I can think better. I can do better. Instead of worrying about, you know, if I have some kind of slamming hangover from whatever I've done the night before and not waking up or whatever I ate, whatever I ate, you know, how long are we going to take care of these things that we're walking? Well, we are walking sacks of water. That's what we are. We're going to come and we're going to go. I'm a speck. And you mentioned that you that you coach a lot of people and you've gotten into coaching. Can you maybe give us some examples of the type of people that come to you for coaching or the types of issues that you face with people or that you help them navigate? Cool. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of people come to me because of their uh, health and wellness more so than anything else. And they're usually overweight. You know, uh, a lot of people are looking for a quick fix. And what I do say to people, and I give them something to start with, I have this uh, program. I don't call it a diet. 
I call it a live it. Let's live it. Let's not diet. Yeah, lifestyle, sure. Yeah, lifestyle. So what I basically do, you know, instead of giving them a bunch of food to eat and say, eat this, eat that, I tell them there's five things on the planet they can't touch for 90 days, and you'll lose 30 pounds safely for 90 days. And that's bread, butter, salt, sugar, cheese, okay? No BBSSC. No bread, no butter, no salt, no sugar, no cheese. Dave, I, 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 I got to ask you, but you said quality of life. I feel if you take those things away from me that you've just now removed like 84% of my It is harder than it sounds. That's, yeah. What, what do you mean quality of life? I, I eat, like, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I haven't eaten anything, if there's one thing I want, I want Swiss cheese. Like, I want to roll a little prosciutto and some Swiss and just eat it in bed. I feel like that I've won for society. I can't do that. So someone's 50 pounds overweight and they look at me, the negative people, the negative people, and they say to me, I can't do that. And I look at them and I say, what did you say? They said, I can't. I said, stop right there. Success comes in a can, not a can't. Okay. And so <laughs> the, the positive people usually say to me, that's it. It's only five things on a planet I can't touch. That's it. Of course, it, it removes all sandwiches and pizza and breads and pasta out of your system for a little while so that you can catch up and recover. Can I just ask, what does it leave? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's left? What, what remains after all of that has been removed? <laughs> all that remains. What, what's funny is, you know, sometimes I do it remotely and there's, uh, you know, a gentleman <laughs> who calls me from Boston. He says, hey, animal. It's Joe from Boston. So I'm at Morton's Steakhouse and I got my filet, you know, I, I, I got my broccoli and they brought me a potato. You know, can I eat the potato? And I say, do you have your list? So they write down their list or it's in their phone. Read the list. So they read it. Yeah, no bread, no butter, no salt, no sugar, no cheese. And I say, you see potato on that list? And they say, <laughs> no, it doesn't say it. I say, then eat the fucking potato. Don't, okay? put any, don't put any salt on it, though. Okay. <laughs> or butter or anything that makes it taste good. However, you know, Sally from Wisconsin calls me and says, I'm in a Chinese restaurant. I got my fish. I got my green beans. They brought me the rice. Can I eat it? Where's your list? You know, she reads off her list. No bread, no butter, no salt, no sugar, no cheese. And I say, eat the freaking rice. Come on. Have you ever had rice without salt or without butter? It just All the seems- time. It seems like for naught. <laughs> you know what? No, but I, I can understand this because your palate does change. It's very hard to cut those things out, I think, at the beginning. But you do get into a rhythm and a lifestyle. So I can understand how it becomes sustainable after you do that initial push. You know, it's, it's changing habits. And I, I put together a song for this, of course, and it goes like this. No bread, no butter, no salt, no sugar, no cheese, please. No bread, no butter, no salt, no sugar, no cheese, please. No bread, no butter, no salt, no sugar, no bread, no butter, no salt, no sugar, no bread, no butter, no salt, no sugar. For me, please. How's that, huh? (laughs) I literally... So hold on, hold on. So... When I used to work at Best Buy in Circuit City, we used to do what they call. We're, 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 no, we're, we're predict, prove, confirm demos. And we used to say we want to give people a wow experience. You know, like you put them in the room at the time with the 60 inch rear view projection television and the $3,000 Polk Audio 5.2 surround sound system. And you play Phil Collins at full blast. And you, and you go, did that, did, did, one, did they air in the night? Did it change your life? Like, did you have that experience? (laughs) And Dan, listen, I always tell people, whether you love me or hate me, you'll never, ever meet anyone like me. And if there was ever somebody on the planet that gives a wow experience at all times, I don't know how I feel. I'm confused. But one thing I always (laughs) say is that I want, I would rather make someone feel hatred or anger <laughs> or move them somehow Feel in something. whatever direction in whatever direction good or bad than to leave them stagnant and be forgotten and dan no one's ever gonna forget danimal just like joe from boston he should stop saying he's from boston we fucking know we can tell our own that, that's good gratitude good gratitude <laughs> i have to tell you it was a, a couple years ago i was in a, a gym in delray beach and this woman comes up to me and i had seen her quite a bit and talked with her she knew i was a coach and she said to me 
I'd really like you to come to where I work and coach the people I work with because they're all overweight and they're lazy and, and they're going to die young if we don't do something. Can you come in and do a seminar? And I said, sure, where do you work? She said, I'm a judge in the courthouse. <laughs> so I said, you want me to come to the courthouse? She said, absolutely. Two weeks later, I go to Delray Beach Courthouse and I walk in. She goes, oh, there you are. Daniel, everyone calls me Daniel here. Daniel, there you are. Come on over. She puts a robe on me. She hands me a mallet and she brings me in. She doesn't put me on the witness stand. She puts me on the bench where she sits. And she says, now we're going to have about 50 or 60 people coming in. Most of them are judges and DAs and attorneys. Okay? And you can do your thing. I can tell you that I had the entire room singing no bread, no butter, no salt, no sugar, no cheese. Please. And I can't. I would have loved to see this. And they is still it on keep, video? Is it on video? They still keep in touch with me to this day. Why wouldn't they? It keeps it in their head. You know, there's just five things that I can cut out and lose some weight and get what are healthier. They? You know, Siobhan, you're the only one in Florida here with me, correct? Uh, yeah, Miami, though. So it seems like a world away from Delray, but not far. But we love Florida. We love our governor, yes? Yeah. Okay. We're the only state right now that doesn't have any shutdown going on. I watched the news a little bit tonight, and we have, you know, declining everything when everyone's going up. And since June, we've been open. All of our bars, everything else, we've been open. And since then, also, California and New York, you know, have been masked up completely and, you know, shut down restaurants, can't eat everywhere, and their graph is like this. So mm -hmm. we've got to be doing something right here in Florida. I love living in Florida. Yeah, but we sometimes, like, okay, so I'll show you the graph of when I've done, let's say, crystal meth, right? I get really, <laughs> really, really high, and then, like, I stop, and then it drops. It goes down. And then they let me outside again because I wake up, like, six days later in a gutter. And then I get really, 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 really high. And then I need to sleep. Things need to happen. And then it just goes back down. I mean, it's pretty parallel to what you're saying. You're going to need to recover from this joke. <laughs> no, but I will agree that, that Florida has adapted pretty well. And part of the only reason I've played any concert is because of the ability to do things outdoors there. So, I mean, you know, the, the options are much more open than they are, obviously, in the cold states, you know, where everything has to be outside, but it can't be inside. So, yeah. Florida Way fewer, yeah, fewer shutdowns. It really does. Benny, when are you moving to Florida? You know, it's it is in my DNA because, like, it, it it is a thing to be born to like a a, a mid middle class Jewish family in Western Massachusetts Polka. and then go to Florida. Polka. It's a thing. It's not. It's not like a. You're stereotype. more on the Palm Beach side, though. No, Boca. Oh, yeah, Bo well, Boca, Boca. Raton, Boca. Boca. Yeah, I mean, because like you know, that's with like basically it's all like old dudes ah. and then girls with fake tits and then like you know. Chemiker Schlechmer, like fucking things that you buy. They go, oh, it's a remote control. No, honey, we've had one of those. Here's an iPhone. Oh, okay. You bought it for me six years ago. Welcome to Boca Raton. <laughs> you know, I do want to go to Florida. I mean, honestly, what it is is that, Dan, you mentioned it. I have like 160 guitars. Do you know how much that would cost to ship? Now, if I could go and I can afford like a forever home where I can like literally be like, ha, 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 Dan, come on over. I got like the beach in the back and I can do it right. And look, real estate is definitely better down there as far as what you, because like again, Boston, what you could get in Florida is like literally like a parking space on Newberry Street in Boston. Like for that amount, you can have like a three bedroom condo. In, in, in Delray Beach, like, which is un unbelievable. Like, and the people in, in, in New York City are like, dude, that won't even get you like entrance to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like they'll hand you the toilet paper and that's about it. So I do need to go to Florida. It's just a matter of like when. I need to go somewhere warm. I don't know if it's going to be Florida, Dan. It might be L.A. People have been saying L.A. I, I don't know. Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I think you'd have constant anxiety in L.A. I think Florida's what, chill. What, what's different than right now? He's going <laughs> to have anxiety regardless of where that, he goes. That's true, but I think at least in Florida, it might be subdued a little bit. L.A. will fuel the you anxiety. You think putting me in Miami is going to subdue me? Maybe No, maybe not Miami, but what I love about Florida is that you can do anything. I feel like there's no judgment. You do you. Everybody, it's he like free said he spirit. was in a room with like hundreds of judges. <laughs> the Wild West. 
but the wild south here. exactly yeah yeah, yeah it's like you can do whatever you want and it's like it's cool see i'm gonna shoot know? i'm gonna shoot past you guys and go down to marathon key and that's where i'll be hanging oh out. yeah the keys yeah. are amazing <laughs> and Corey, where are you oh i'm just a little, about 30 minutes further south than ben <laughs> in the cold oh, okay yeah so what's what town uh i'm in attleboro oh attleboro yeah, yeah i grew up grew up in mansfield though right down the street from uh great woods oh very cool yeah very cool. so so let, you three are all in the music business so let me ask you a question okay so when we come out of covid and and i even hate saying the word covid i'm so sick of it i'm sick of the whole thing about it okay sick of the shutdowns and all of it but when we come out of it and even if we weren't in, into it what would you change about the music business now what would you change so that can people can be more successful okay because we're in a different story than 10 years ago 20 years ago 50 years ago you know 60 years ago when the rolling stones came out you know they were a bar band i don't know if you know how big they would be today if they come out because of the competition there are a lot of bands out there a lot of artists millions more that are being promoted now how is it guys and girl like you can make it in this business to set yourself apart and do something differently to get noticed in today's world and the future what's going to happen that's a loaded question yeah, um, that is a loaded question i don't know at least for me personally i mean I, to change the industry is is one thing and i i just i don't see that happening i think that we're on this 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 roller coaster or this slide of the way it's going music is being devalued uh i, th I think the onus is on musicians to figure out how to make a new style of career which is what i think that we're all doing now which is finding other outlets and other ways of staying in the industry that aren't solely reliant on people's consumption of the music um, so, you know, for, for me and, and Ben as well with the studio business, I get, you know, I, I consider myself very fortunate to work with other artists. So I get, I get to be in other people's bands when they come in and to record. And it's like, for me, it's like, all right, cool. I get to create with these people and then they go on and do their own thing. And then it's their problem if they don't sell their records, <laughs> it's like, um, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, and performing as much as possible, at least performing, I think is still a viable option which is is one of my favorite things to do and that's siobhan's you know claim to fame before they wouldn't let her do it anymore but uh i think that that's where there is still hope but as far as the music business it seems just so it's hard to, it's hard to see a light at the end of the tunnel as far as getting back to the heyday so i'm not get sure. back Get back to where you once belong. <laughs> Get back. No, but I, I think the importance of live performance, I think we need to put even more emphasis on how important yeah. it is, you know, because there is a huge category of people that, you know, they don't perform ever. They're just on Spotify or just on YouTube or just Internet. And um, I think bringing back the spirit of the importance of the, you know, the live show and helping make live shows more interactive, creating storylines around live shows. This is something that I love about the band that I'm in, is that yeah. there's a whole world that exists around the show and around the music. I think Star Set is exactly what you're talking about, Dan. If, if you haven't checked them out, you should look into them, because I think they're doing about the best you can possibly do in this environment. And what a new kiss. They, 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 I, I always, I, I liken Star Set to Scientology, and that's a compliment. Because Scientology was really just a thought of Ron L. Hubbard just to come up with this like whole concept and the fact that people think it's a religion is completely insane to me. But it's amazing because, you know what, if you have an idea, you want to push it, just like you say, Dan, you just start. And Dustin, the guy behind Star Set, started with this concept. And he now he has, you know, guys in cryo. Um, girls playing uh, virtuoso women playing uh, unbelievable string parts playing everywhere around the globe they've been to japan seven times they 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 sell space I, I saw the end of the world when i saw brock selling space helmets out of the bus and i'm like who the fuck what kind of add-on 
is an LED. Well, but we need to explain to answer your question, Dan. It's that, you know, th- there is a concept behind it in the sense that there's a, so the singer conceptualized all of it, but he did write a book and there's a whole storyline that goes along with all of the records. And a lot of it's based on um, science, the future of technology, what we're facing and being manipulated by technology. A lot of the things that, you know, when he started talking about it eventually happened a year or two later, like a lot of the stuff that we see now being watched by the government or, you know, Facebook owning you and all this stuff, the the dangers of technology, that was kind of the underlying message of the society he created around the music, you know, so h- having that storyline, creating sort of a movement around that and then having the music and the show accompany that with the content. It's like it's like a full immersive interactive experience where there's there's yeah. a storyline that goes with it. I love hearing this. That's what I want to hear. I like to hear that you're setting yourself apart. Sure, I love you know to see some great musicians play guitar and sing and be in a t-shirt and jeans. That's cool. But not everyone, okay? I'd rather go see Alice Cooper, okay, who puts on the best Broadway show ever. You know, I was weaned on David Bowie. I love the new band, The Struts, okay? You know, I, I like bands that really show off. Besides being great musicians, they give me a show. They're just not well, the average Joe. Dan, here's, here, here's what's going to happen. So uh, first off, there is now a whole uh, cancel culture society of people who have never even personally purchased a record with their own money that they've earned themselves and not had bequeathed to them. Um, there's a whole society of people that have never actually had a CD in their car stereo or or cassette uh, other than something that's been re-released or they bought because it was cool and vintage. But here's the problem, and you've alluded to it a lot of times. Because it's been so devalued to be a musician, you have to do something else. Like people ask me, all, like, how do I have all these guitars? Cause I'm a fucking DJ. Cause I'm a musical, I say I'm a musical hustler because you have to like do 17 different things to be able to afford to look like you're actually doing something in music. Even if you are in a successful music band, because success is so relative and it's also subjective. So to answer your question, as far as like, what do I see happening? I see they're going to be a whole generation of people that have devalued music, that now want to make music. And they then realize that they have hit the wall just like us old fogies are doing, going, but what do you mean? There's no way for me to afford this Gibson guitar. How how do I do it? And they're going to have to, like Corey said, you know, uh, adapt to figuring out, and like in the case of Starset, that made me tired. So now I have to be a novelist. Now I have to have like a subtext. Like what happened to smoking some pot and jamming some Zep, dude? Like an I in ZZ Top. Let's let's start with the Z's. No, but here's what we'll it fucking- comes down to. You have to have multiple facets to attract different segments of the population, right? So it's they're going to be All some right, people. corporate America. No, but it's but this, Thanks, this is true. Trump. It, it's about diversifying your yourself in a way that you can reach more people than you would if maybe you just stuck to the music. There are going to be some people that will listen to star set music no matter what because they're obsessed with with the storyline or they're obsessed with technology they're obsessed with futuristic stuff they like the outfits there are going to be some people that don't even care about the storyline that will love the music and there's so many different genres within the music itself that you can attract people that like film scores people that like metal people that like rock so there has to be that diversity not just in the show and in the underlying brand but also so in you're the like music musical itself. pheromones and this is nothing new this yeah. is new. Let's just go back. Little Richard, he didn't just make movies. I mean, make music. He, mm-hmm. he put on shows. The Beatles, they didn't just make music. They made movies. They put on shows. Okay? They did other things. Let's go to Michael Jackson. Do you think about Michael Jackson's music the first time you think about him, or do you think about his image? You know? And other things that they, extremely talented people, extremely talented people had to use other outlets also to gain more popularity to grow their audience you like oprah when she did the color purple (laughs) (laughs) but but talking about those artists obviously i mean that's such a high echelon uh there's a whole industry of artists and bands that are are you know the small businesses uh, in comparison that can still used to or at least they can still make a living doing it but they're not going to be you know, the Michael Jacksons and then at that level. And, and I think the, what's going to come in the next few years is seeing how 
many of those bands can survive. You know, I, I read uh, many years back that if you have 10,000 fans nationally and in the, in the United States, you should be able to basically have a, a, a salaried career as a musician uh, if you tour and sell records. 10,000 fans was the number. This was probably 15 years ago. I read this in a book. But, oh, okay, okay. But, but 10,000 real fans. Wait, you pe- said you were pe- a bass player. Uh, how much suspension of disbelief are we supposed to have for this story? <laughs> Reading? All right, Corey, go how on. Many, how many, I got multiple things behind me. Um, but yeah, r- regardless, the point being is that if you had like this, this certain threshold where it, you went from being a hobbyist to a professional musician... It was 10,000 real fans that would buy your records and come to see you. Even if you're playing 100-seater clubs touring the country, you could still make a living. I don't think that because fans aren't necessarily what they used to be with with social media, Spotify, and everything where a fan is now just someone that likes your post and someone goes, on my Instagram, I have 10,000 fans. Those people may have liked one thing you posted and might never buy a song after that. So I think that's where we're going to see over the next few years is how the, the middle class of musicians deals with the current um the current industry well i think star set is doing the right thing by having diversity and having a show having a storyline behind it sure again do i like some solo performers out there and i can sit down and listen to some sure but i want you know it's guys it's the 2020s you know in the roaring 20s (laughs) the roaring 20s it, it really is but all the futuristic movies from the past showing, you know, women with three heads playing violins, you know, and purple people in a band, you know, that's going to happen. You sound like Shannon Larkin after he's like a, a little bit in, you know, <laughs> the running. He, he actually, just so you know, like thought he was fixing the Panama Canal. But in fact, what he really did was he reunited the turtles with the koi fish. No but one, happened? no one understands what you're saying, Ben. Yeah, the you know the movie The Running Man, you know that's today, that's today's reality shows. I mean, can you believe they have the masked singer? Can I believe you know? it? Yeah, it's a low hanging fruit. I totally believe it. No. <laughs> Do I support it? No. <laughs> right. And I I think if they brought out those celebrities and said, "Okay, guys, sing," everyone would go, yeah. "Boy, but they suck," you know. And it's something to watch for the masses. And that's where we have to do this. I'm a qualitarian. So what do I do to actually, if I want to sell millions, if I want that, it's, an, it's a big if. Again, I don't want to be in a tour bus, sit laying on a little bench with 12 other men with stinky socks. No one can take a crap on the bus. Right? Am I right, Siobhan? hundred percent right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, and everybody has an attitude. I don't want that. I want that. I want to be the mass singer. I want to be able to show up and do it. But what do you have to do to get to that level to be that? You know, Dan, I feel like I figured out the the giant allegory for this whole thing is the way that Iron Maiden end songs. They call it the Maiden ending because if you've ever listened to a Maiden ending. A song that's normally seven minutes could be nine minutes of Nico McBrain, your friend, just continuing on while Steve Harris is doing the 16 fingers a a moment on the P bass. And you have the whole band just jumping up and down, up and down. The pyro's going. Eddie's walking across the stage. But it doesn't end. It doesn't end until it fucking ends. And then it's dark. Bruce is in spot. And it feels like for me that what you're saying is that if you're not going to do the maiden ending... Don't even do hollowed be thy name. Be a qualitarian. Do something cool. Set yourself apart. I, yeah, and easier said than done, of course. So that's, yeah, it is a loaded question. I mean, what are, like Corey said, a lot of the people on all the different levels going to do? You know, Star Set's lucky in that regard, but. Yeah, I think you guys, you guys, it's really cool to see the trajectory that you guys have taken and, and where you sit in the industry because it is in a sweet spot where there's, you, there's where you there's know. the color green around things. It's no. not just red everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's just that there's no, you know, you guys are, you have that unique perspective. Um, but yeah, I do often think about, cause you know, you want variety in the music you listen to. And I'm curious to see what kind of artists survive over the next 10 years and if it's going to be 
get get to the point where it's so Sean Mendes. Super... John Garabedin, he's already called it. Yeah. Sean well, Mendez will be here. Well, he's already here. He's he's no, he's, but he'll he, still he's be fine. Here. He's fine. He'll, he'll still be, be he'll That's be what right. John Garabedian said, and he's always right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm putting all, all my Bitcoin on it. But it's interesting to think of like what the longevity of current artists will be because we think about classic bands like, you know, the Beatles or whatever, ACDC, Journey. Like these are people that everyone still listens to now. They have a really, really long career path. John will tell you the Beatles don't don't chart on radio. They don't chart, but the point is they still have a legacy. They still have a legacy and there are still people people actively listening to But people still actively like request... Um, you know, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin gets constant stuff. Metallica is constantly okay. on the radio. Pearl Jam. But for some reason, like a band like the Beatles, they live atemporally, as they say in philosophy, outside of space and time. Because people don't want to he- hear, uh, you know, uh, they don't want to hear Baby dri- uh, Drive My Car uh, on the radio. They don't. They just want to hear it in mono by themselves on their turntable. <laughs> uh, whereas, where like Pearl Jam, people still call. Shabon. Weird. Be- being a female in the industry, you know, watching someone like Pink, for instance, okay, or Shakira, mm-hmm. okay, or Miley Cyrus, okay, they're all talented, very talented, okay, but when you go see a concert of theirs, do they sit there and go, I'm Miley Cyrus, I can just sit here and play, I can do anything I want. No, she gets out there, she plays with Billy Idol, okay, she's out there doing inventive things for herself, you know. Pink, pink. She wore, no, no, I saw Miley Cyrus wear a thing of that she looked like tricks, like a bowl of tricks cereal. She came out like tricks. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. And she was smoking a J and then she had. Well, even Lady lo- Gaga, look at Lady Gaga with some of the, you know, out there stuff that she's worn or do- like that's you kind of have to do that, you know, in a lot of ways. That's what grabs people's attention. The chili peppers. You know what I mean? With the socks. You know, I just think that as we go into the future, it's going to, I wouldn't even say the word outlandish. It's going to be more entertainment, more entertaining as we get into this futuristic world, which we are in now. And I think you're perfectly poised for it with um, what you're explaining to me. And now I'm so uh, curious to check out your videos. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm curious to see your longevity versus Cardi B with her. (laughs) unbelievable hits uh, no i mean it's a good point it's did we say to subscribe we... yet on this hold on <laughs> are people subscribing have we done our job by saying you should subscribe and go to lawsymphony.com and 2020-d.com and subscribe on apple or youtube or spotify or whatever you're listening or not listening. you should by the way go back and watch dan change into many different hats and shirts and hats literally and figuratively <laughs> well yeah this is part two of, of of two obviously so yeah if you haven't gone back and checked with out Danimal. part one go do it with Danimal a lot of good great stuff. stories in here good stuff real good stuff yeah what are we doing next everyone ready <laughs> to go for a run on the beach <laughs> do you do evening runs I'm more of a morning person to be honest but... yeah me, me too you know, yeah sharks jump out of the water here oh yikes okay <laughs> The alligators come out of the ocean, right? When it wasn't I, too hot, I was on my Segway going through the dog parks like late at night. Like you're not supposed to technically, but like, but then there's no dogs and it's really fun to go on my Segway that fast. And I was like, man, this really like my legs would really hurt the next day. And I had no idea how much balance and how much you're actually burning off an insane amount of calories by being able to keep yourself like balanced. I don't whatever. know that you're burning so, an insane amount no, no, of calories on a Segway scooter. You, you ben rides have, around in the uh, the carts at Walmart too, and <laughs> you have a Segway. Yeah, <laughs> no, first off, it's it's just a hoverboard. Do you it's, listen to your iP- iPod with that? Okay, yeah, I Xeroxed it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that that the, the hover the hoverboards are actually a really great way of of not only building your balance but uh, it, it building your core. Siobhan, you can laugh at it. Go Google it, dude. <laughs> it's true. It's Build, true. Look, he, he means building your core audience. Core audience. <laughs> or your core strength. Dude, try scanning one of those going 12.3 miles I, an I hour. I believe you. I believe your you. IPhone There's out here. balance. It's calisthenics. I can imagine mm-hmm. you furiously typing an email while you're on that. I have. It seems disastrous. <laughs> I'm I sure. Not, I have. Did you not call me one time like, I'm on my Segway? Or yep. I'm on my hoverboard. Like, I got to yeah. call you back. I'm about to hit someone. So what, what, how about the one wheel? 
What's the one wheel thing? Oh, so that, those scare cool. me. Yeah, they're just, I, I, you know what? It's like when you learn to ski and then someone shows you a snowboard and you've been skiing for so long, you're like, I, I feel like <laughs> no, that, that might just it. be unfair for no reason. A video I'm sure Shabon. it's cool. We need a video of Siobhan and Benny basically on those, you know, playing the violin and then playing guitar. It'll be our next music down. video. This sounds like something that would be a TikTok sensation. That's yeah. like the, that's like the baseline expectation is like, you have to be on a pogo stick while playing violin for people to watch. Why don't we just ask Dustin what he thinks is the best idea to get people to subscribe to our channel? It's a good idea. Well, he would I mean, probably well, know. Well, let, let me ask you this. Okay. So can you pretend you've been on tour with, follow my logic here. You've been on tour with Dustin a lot, right? Yes. Like considerable amounts of time. Yes. Would you say you're, you're able to understand his personality relatively well? Questionable. <laughs> I think his approach to anything like this is a total opposite of what would be standard. You know, he's okay, like. Okay, so if I was to ask you, like, let's pretend you're Dustin Bates from Star Set. And I was like, okay, so we have this podcast. We're interviewing Dan Hartwell. Like, how, what's the best way we can promote this after this is all said and done? Dustin. Do something very cryptic and mysterious that involves some sort of computer science-y game. But what if nobody's paying attention, Dustin? <laughs> exactly. That's I, the I thing is, we'll, the we'll, audience, we'll be, we'll be cryptic and mysterious, and it will just people will just look at it and go, ah, fuck My that. mom will just <laughs> call me and be like, where is the link? Yeah. Uh, we're, yes. Listen, we're, we're coming up. We only have like like uh, about eight, nine minutes left. Uh, I just wanted to get a little bit more from you, Dan. What do you... What do you see for yourself in the next few years coming up do you are you going to continue with just kind of hanging out on the beach and doing your 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 concert promotions do you have any other books in the in the works or what what do you want to do uh, especially once this covid thing goes away i'm certainly working on some other books uh some other success things i really you know i look at people often and i say you're better than you think you are and i really think that people don't think enough of themselves at times you know and that people need to up their game in their own mind and think more of themselves. Because um, some some of my friends call me their kick in the ass coach because um, I say to them, "You can do this." You know, how come I believe in you more than you believe in me? And uh, I think that people need to up their belief in themselves. And it's not an ego thing. I just think that they've been not not it not really kicked in the ass but never really get off the sofa themselves you know nothing happens when you're sitting on the sofa eating twinkies we know that well that's that's you know? so funny you say that i this is where i feel like i've really adopted your mindset because i had a very similar call with siobhan this morning because we've been talking to our marketing team about like how do how do we how do we light a fire under this thing and you know we're we're, we're paying mark like real pr firms and marketing dollars and all that and meanwhile Siobhan's in a huge band. Siobhan, not hard on the eyes. Siobhan is legitimately talented. She's legitimately schooled. And if you ask her mom, she comes from good genetics and breeding. So, like, she's been made for this. But because if you know Siobhan, she lives a life of humility. She is the inverse of hubris. So she does not take advantage of these things. She's not one of those girls that goes to the bars and takes the free drinks. In fact, she'll buy her friends drinks because that's just who she is. But I said, at this point, we're buying drinks for the whole bar. Why aren't you utilizing you to sell us? So today I called her. I said, you're undervaluing your power because like when they didn't want Trump to talk, what, what shut him up for the first time was turning off his Twitter. She has an internet connection. Like those who control the media control the power. And I say those that are female, beautiful, talented, smart, and ubiquitous control the power. And that's why the Kardashians are releasing people from jail because they feel like it. Siobhan, turn it on. You could do so much more to help me and Corey get out of our basements. Yes, be like the Kardashians. So I can go to Florida and hang out with Dan on the beach for no, a morning this, run. You're right. I mean, this is something I don't want to say I suffer from it because it doesn't necessarily bother from me. But be, yeah, from being I, a girl that has the world at your fingertips. No, but I do consistently probably value myself less than I actually am worth, you know? And I think that's a common thing among women too, you know? it's I don't know why necessarily, but I, th I think it helps to have somebody that does put, and th that it does reinforce you and tells you like, this is what I see your value as and like, you need to step it up, you know? Well, you don't look like a girl with the, um, you know, Kardashian button implants. 
She doesn't no. need to be. She hasn't stood <laughs> up That's yet. the great part. She doesn't <laughs> have to be. Oh, Corey. Answer question. You know, again, oh, yeah. so certainly I'm upping my game, putting on more things. I'm not going to roll over and die here. You know, I remember being on a, uh, a treadmill in Worcester, Massachusetts, and there was this bass player. Uh, from a band he was in a band called the pale nephews and it was his 30th birthday and he was on a treadmill next to me and he looked at me and he said i'm not going to be like all those other 30 year olds i'm just not going to roll over and die okay and i think that the successful people out there continue doing something okay we've touched on health and wellness throughout this whole thing that's number one health is wealth period i'm not going to think straight if i'm not healthy you know, the rest of it is creativity and you think of something and you do it. You push it forward. I'm going to focus now more than ever, Corey, to answer your question, on United We Rock. Because I really believe by uniting people, networking people, getting people to uh, work together similar, similar to what you guys are doing, not only with this podcast, but with uh, Sym Symphony. Is that right? LostSymphony.com. Lost <laughs> that, that type of thing Chapter is three. And, Subscribe. And, and that needs to take it to the next level, you know? And so with me, absolutely. And to your listeners, I need to say this to them too. Please go to BeatlesOnTheBeach.com and please go to United And where, where, where can they get St. John Lennon? And are we close enough? Because I have a whole shelf of signed books from all of my friends and rockers and all that sort of stuff. Can I, how, how can I get one of these copies so I can read this with a personal inscription from Danimal? So stjohnlennon.com. Okay. You can get one there. But um, we sell- Is it an S-T or is it an S-A-I-N-T? S-A-I-N-T. So in more than anything, of course, you can get it on Amazon in the next day. And I've signed uh, thousands and thousands of copies. And I'll so sign I have to go get one from biblio.com? Well, like a uh, signed by prestigious author Daniel we'll make, Hartwell we'll of Worcester, Massachusetts. One for you and your mom, Benny. For you, my mom would be so happy. Oh my God, the fact that she like she's gonna call me after this and be like, "I love Dan on that. He's so great. I love Dan. That's awesome." <laughs> well, I have to tell you, you know, she was very encouraging to me. Okay, she had given me given me some great books way back when. But your father was encouraging. Where I can tell you that. I am a stock trader also, and your father had taught me some great lessons back then, especially when he said to me, don't be a pig. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My, that, my, my dad teaching, passing on the Jedi forces. Yeah, he didn't, yeah. He didn't pass them on to me that uh, way. Hogs get slaughtered. He had oh, yeah. Well, that's why he has. So, so everyone knows so I can paint a picture. My dad has an office like the Unabomber with like 47 <laughs> stuffed pigs. Literally. Yes. Like, like tons of stuffed pigs and yes. like 30 monitors. Now, everyone has flat panels so they don't take up a bunch of space. My dad has old CRT monitors, <laughs> which are like the old like like bricks. But he's well, got you like need to get a picture of this. Can 40 you send of them, us a picture? 40 of them that he has like histograms and maps of like stock stuff that it's like so outdated. He has a computer just for AOL instant messenger so he can talk from, from one room to another room to my mom because he used to have an intercom system in my house that would come through the grate. So he'd be like, Andrea, I need water. And she'd bring it downstairs. But like, yeah, no, my dad, uh, he's an interesting person. And uh, he, he lives that saying. And every year, every year without fail, if we get him anything for for uh, for his birthday, <laughs> for his anniversary, this year, um, you know, it was a milestone. This last year, he turned seventy. We got him a stuffed pig again and a first edition copy of Animal Farm. I love it. I love it. But he, you know, they had taught me lessons, and you know, it was Sylvester Stallone that he was accepting a Lifetime Achievement Award one time, and he looked at the camera and he said, "I have to tell you, I want to thank everybody." I've ever met because I've learned something from everybody out there. And that's very humbling to me. And that's true. Whether it's good or bad, like you said earlier, Ben, you know, um, there's something that you can give and get from somebody. But don't be shy. Do it. Live it. Live it and do it. I think on that note. Yeah, on that note, we've been wow. 2020, haven't we? <laughs> like, I think Dan just like dropped the truth. He just bomb served on us with all the knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, my head actually hurts from that. Like, I feel like I need to go like write it down. 
like that number one, sing it into my phone, make sure it's an iPhone, and then hope that John Lennon will hear it. And then get up and drink two glasses of water and sleep in a regular Purified rhythm. Purified water! <laughs> right on. And, wa- and watch Tom Brady once again win the Super Bowl. The GOAT. Oh, no, listen. <laughs> man, I, I don't... This is how a little I know about football. So I, I looked to my friend the other day and I said, why would they... Uh, why uh, why wouldn't Brady just finish out? Like, why is he pulling a Roger Clemens and like leaving at the last minute? And they're like, no, dude, they want to give him the money he like he wanted. I'm like, why? They're like, they didn't think he was worth it. I'm like, but why? And then I realized why Boston gets so mad. But then I, I hope that he does win because I feel like everyone in Boston needs to know that like we made a mistake. Well, well by the time this episode airs, we will know that. So, <laughs> oh yeah, we'll know that he's the greatest of all time. We'll, we'll again, that, we'll continue. Continue, like, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it very much. Uh, we'll be sure to. Uh, you know, stjohnlennon.com. Yeah. We'll, we'll United have we rock. Here. Yeah. United we rock. Beatles, uh, what, what, Beatles on the beach. What is it, Dan? Beatlesonthebeach.com. And come to the festival next year. Come yeah. to the festival next I'll year. I'll be there. I'm in Florida. Stay Good. socially distant, but socially relevant, as we say on this show, and continue to rock. And Dan, thank you so much for helping so much with my career and also coming back and, sh- and sharing some truth bombs and always being the guy whether you love you you hate you like man that's you man and like the batteries are on full blast and like you know if people wonder why i am the way that i am well i hung out with dan a bunch (laughs) (laughs) you've been 2020 2020-d.com subscribe subscribe that's right head on over to 2020-d.com like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss it on future episodes we got new ones coming out every sunday and wednesday night This week's throwback clip is from episode number 41 with Jeff Schroeder, who's a TV host and reality TV contestant featured on shows like Big Brother, The Amazing Race, and Around the World for Free. Check it out. Alex Boylan gives me a call. I had no idea who he was. He's like, this is Alex Boylan. I'm actually working at the time, right? He calls me. He's like, I'm a producer from Los Angeles. Uh, I won The Amazing Race season two, and we want you to do the show. It's a travel show where you travel around the world with no money, and we're going to take the whole thing. It's going to be on CBS. And I was like, I was like looking around. I'm like, I thought my friends were like playing a joke on me and I hung up. I'm like, whatever. And I hung up. He called me back. He's like, dude, I'm serious. This is like serious. And he's like, we're, we want you to fly out to Los Angeles. And I was like, what? This is crazy. It's like my dream job out of nowhere. Sure enough, I flew to Los Angeles and I auditioned and got the job. And that's how I got around the world for free, which was a dream of mine to travel and host. And it was a hundred days on the road. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.